Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, we continue in our series, Making Disciples. Let's hear what God's Word has for us from lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. I want to focus on, uh, it's important that we read 18 because Jesus is establishing himself as having all authority. And so every time we come to gather in his name, we are acknowledging his authority. So every time I lift my hands, every time I pray, every time I serve, I am acknowledging his authority in my life. And so we can do nothing outside of him. So I can't love my wife like she desires outside of him. I can't pastor, I can't be a friend uh, unless I recognize the lordship of Christ in my life. And so when Jesus, when he's talking to the disciples, he's talking to them after the resurrection, after he had died, experienced suffering on the cross. This is him having all power in his name, having all power in heaven and earth. And so when Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Let's read 19 now in that context. That he's not just telling us to go. He's saying that when I'm, I'm sending you because you're acknowledging that I'm Lord. And so when you go, you are going in my name. I sent you. So if you're here today and, and, and there's something stirring in you about just this faith walk, it's him revealing himself to you in a greater way. That's the lordship of Jesus Christ. We sing to him reminding us and others around us of his lordship. So let's read verse number 19 in that context. All authority has been given to Jesus. And so verse number 19. Let's read verse number 20 together. He is establishing his lordship. And so the disciples have spent two to three years with him, three years with him, learning from him. And so if we're gathered here, part of us gathering is learning from Jesus. The word of God, learning from him. And then he said, as you learn from me, I want you to go live out what, you, what I've taught you. We can't make disciples out of our own strength. Can't make disciples out of our wittiness, our humor. We have to make disciples understanding of who he is. We have to teach our children who he is, but we can't teach them someone we don't know. So why are we stuck? Why is this church stuck on making disciples? Because that's the mandate of the church. You are here. And everything that you have, everything and everyone that's in your sphere of influence, we are called to make disciples. Everything else is secondary to that one truth that from the youngest to the oldest, we have the same call. That's surrendering our lives to him first and foremost. That's, that's him so you, you may be seated. So the question becomes, how am I growing in the gospel? 
How am I growing in this gospel that we hear every week, the scriptures that we hear every week? How am I growing in it? Am I becoming stronger in the faith? Or am I just existing? And are you here just to hear uh, a word only for us to be challenged with the very word that we hear outside of this church for it to fall and drop away? Or are we here to be challenged to surrender those areas, all areas of our lives under his lordship? And so how am I and my spouse growing in the gospel? How uh, my family, how is your family growing in the gospel? And what disciplines do you have to ensure that the growth continues? Plainly stated, what are you doing to grow yourself in the faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, newsflash, God does not love you more if you wake up 5 o'clock in the morning and spend four hours in prayer. And he doesn't love you less if you choose to sleep in. He loves you. And so that lordship reminds me, reminds us, that uh, he loves us. But uh, these disciplines that we have in our lives is an admission of our weakness. So that's why I have these disciplines in my life to ensure that I recognize that it's not in my strength it's in his. It's the lordship. And so we had this graph, and just leave the graph up there, uh, but it's the lordship. Jesus is Lord, and I don't leave those things to chance. Uh, so in order to make a disciple, we must first be a disciple. And discipleship begins with acknowledging, abiding, and obeying the lordship of Jesus. You, do, you and I do not challenge his lordship. We don't say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not. No, nope, he's Lord. We give him a yes, period. So everything that I have belongs to him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the vision of this church is for us to learn from Jesus, to live for Jesus, to love like Jesus, to lead people to Jesus, from, for, like, to. And this is not learning from Jesus so we can teach others. It's learning from Jesus so that we can live it out first in us. Uh, I've been pastoring a while now, and I have to be careful. Can I just be honest? I'll be honest with y'all. Y'all just listen. Like, sometimes what happens if I'm not careful, that the only, why, only reason why I'm studying is to teach them instead of studying so that I make sure that my heart is surrendered to him, making sure that I'm loving my family well. It's easy to teach something that you ain't living. And so I have to be mindful that I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for him. And so I have to daily uh, deny the things I want to do until I mature enough that my desires uh, is given from God. In other words, that um, I, it, it's just that scripture that says, um, uh, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. We think in parallel to that. We, we're thinking that means that, oh, I want to have a nice car. I want to have these things. No, my desires become his and his desires become mine. You see? And so when we're learning from Jesus, it's not just to teach it. When we're learning these songs, it's not just to sing it. It's actually to live it out. Right. 
When we learn from Jesus, we have to then, uh, we're learning from him, and it's constant. None of us arrive. This is constant. And when you see that pivot right here towards the end, that is growth and maturity. But I've lived long enough to know that there's areas of my life that are being matured. Praise the Lord. And then there's some areas that I'm struggling with. And so this is that constant. This is I pivot and I change. And so uh, from Jesus is Lord from the valley uh, to the calling to the wall, and then this maturity and growth. And so uh, I've some uh, discipleship. Um, one of the I keep coming up with different definitions of discipleship uh, because the more I see Scripture, um, the more I ask myself, um, "Am I the person that I want to see reproduced in others?" In other words, as I become more like Jesus and I'm raising my two sons, um, I'm, I'm questioning, uh, am, I, uh, am, am I an example? I'm, it's, it's complicated, but uh, ultimately I'm pointing them back to Jesus. But if I am uh, their father, is it enough in me to point them back to him because I am incomplete by myself? And so when I think about um, discipleship, it's not about more stuff or titles or accomplishments or actually doing more things in his name. I want a transformed life. I'm not interested in acquiring more titles. I don't have to be the chief apostle prelate. <laughs> hey, I got friends and listen, they, they, they know my heart. And so, yeah. Uh, but discipleship is falling more in love with God and with each other, the people of God. Uh, uh, Mark chapter 12, he says, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And he says, the second is, love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no other command greater than these. So you see this progression? Jesus spends time with his disciples. They are his students. And they're learning his ways. And they're not just learning his ways. They're learning his ways to live, at, live it out. And not just to live it out, but to love people like he loved people. And then they're leading people to him. This is the progression. And so if I don't love myself in the, in the way that uh, honors God, that Jesus is Lord, how can I love you? So I have to experience the all-encompassing love of God for myself so I can adequately love you like he has called me to do. And this is discipleship, making disciples. And before we define love based on our experience, the scriptures actually give us what love looks like. You see the answers? The answers are found in Scripture. So that's why we keep going back to Scripture. The church is God's plan A. This is how he advances the kingdom. When he looks at Peter, he's, and Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon the profession of his faith and the acknowledgement of the Lordship, he says, Upon that, that's where I'm building my church. He's building his church under, um, he's building his, the, the church uh, as we submit to his Lordship. 
in every area. So it's not just coming to 465 South Cannon Boulevard where we surrender and when the worship team says, lift hands, we lift hands. No, it's surrendering in every area of our lives. It's surrendering both public and private. You see, the, you see the dichotomy here? See, I can look the part and my heart be far from him. Uh, Jesus says it this way, they praise me with their lips, but their hearts belong to another. And so this submission, this constant surrendering, and that's why he says die daily. Daily? I mean, most of us take baths Daily. Because we realize that even if I don't exert any uh, hard work or exert any physical activity, I'm still dirty. And so, therefore, even if my sins are not blatant and you can't see my behavior, boy, if you knew what was going on in this crazy mind of your pastor. And so, we have to die daily. And here's what I want to um, give you a reality check. Uh, your purpose is not about you. I'm sorry. Your purpose, our purpose is to make Jesus the priority. And so when you begin to understand the lordship of Jesus and God's holiness, our sin doesn't have to grow for us to understand that we need washing daily. Oftentimes when someone um, begins to walk with God and, and they see the holiness of God, they begin to start saying things like, man, I'm broken, I'm wretched. And then another person will hear like, man, he must be struggling in sin. It's not just that, it's the holiness and perfection of God that I'm comparing my life to. And so therefore, um, the more we walk with him, uh, discipleship is having a Christ-centered life. It's Christ leading us in every way, every day. Hmm. This journey has peaks and valleys, and it's designed to crush us enough that we learn to depend on him and not people, not our own strength. It's the crushing. And so, you know, uh, we grow up and saying, oh, this anointing cost me. Eh, I understand what you're saying, but it costs him more than it costs you. Uh, and so we got to be careful that we don't elevate people because of what they're going through. Uh, we got to be careful that uh, we, we don't platform people who have an experience with God but are not learning from him daily. Uh, because what happens when we plant for, like, listen, there are well-known uh, celebrity uh, folks that are coming to faith, and the first thing we do is stick a microphone in their mouths and tell them to teach. We have to grow up in the faith uh, because if we platform, now the audience is now bigger and the fall is greater. And so I know you're called man of God. I know you're called woman of God. But if you are not careful, then you will go before it has been nurtured in the valley and you will cause more harm than good. And so we got, so there has to be a patience. And you, you want to talk about patience? Let me bring Moses to you. Moses, Moses spent 40 years running from his sin only to confront God on the mountain. Here's the issue. He wasn't looking for God. 
He was just tending sheep. And then he saw the rumbling in the mountain. And I'm going to go check that out. And before you know it, take your shoes off, bro. It's holy ground. Abraham. And so David, David tending sheep. Samuel anoints him as king. And it doesn't come to fruition until 15 years later. What if God would have showed David what he had to go through to get to that king? That kingship. It would have been like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go straight back to the sheep. And so this is what the discipleship journey is. Here's a newsflash. From the pulpit all the way down to the parking lot, none of us have arrived. Can I just be real with you? None of us. We are all on this journey together. Listen, yesterday I had a meeting in Greensboro. Um, Before I left uh, my house in Salisbury, I got an alert. Tornado warning. I was like this. I'm looking out the windows. My neighbor is cutting grass. I'm like, bruh, it's a tornado warning. And so uh, we're supposed to be meeting at a certain time. So so the meeting is in Greensboro. So I sent a text and like, hey, man, I ain't leaving my family a tornado warning. I don't want to go anyway. But <laughs> once it goes away, I'll make my way there. Well, um, I finally get there. I was supposed to get there at 9. I got there at 9, 10. I always plan to get there early, but it's just, just how I am. So here's, this, here's what's so crazy. When I sent him that text, he looked out his window and saw nothing. So in his mind, that dude don't want to come. I'm on my way, and Tiffany's texting me. Tiffany's like, I'm stuck under a bridge. I'm like, yo, it's crazy out here. But I kept driving. And eventually, I got to the place where he was. And there wasn't any storms there. But one was coming. I would drove through it. And he was unaware. And I said, but it's coming. And so oftentimes, just because you're not experiencing a storm right now, and just because things are, are yes, lordship in my my marriage is going well. Lordship in my health, my health is going well. My finances are going well. You don't know that a storm is coming. And so you have to be careful that you just dismiss what is being taught because that's not where you are right now. And so this is what discipleship is. Oftentimes, Tiffany, people are jumping uh, in and out of our lives because they jump in when trouble comes. They jump out when there is no trouble. Discipleship is a consistent walking with God, whether I feel like it or whether I don't. It's constant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Constant. He says, go and make disciples. He never said, go and make disciples when you feel like it. He never said, go and, make, go and be a disciple when you feel like it. He says, make disciples, teaching everything I taught you. So when we teach it, we're about to live it out. We have to make decisions because Jesus has a holy prerogative. He can move us wherever he wants us to go. And the community, this church, this is your church home. Your church home brings clarity to that vision, that calling that God has given you. I want to get you 
and myself and everyone under the sound of my voice to understand that I agree that you are called. Absolutely. Yes, sir. You and your inconsistent self. Absolutely. You're called. You're called by God, which means no one can remove that call. Here's the challenge. Now, you can go before you're ready. Uh, that's your prerogative, and that's your right. And I'm not going to try to stop you. Now, I'm going to try to say, try to bring some clarity to it, but I'm not the only one that can speak clarity into what God has called you to do. That's why you need community. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 this is where uh, I'm going to park for just a moment because the meter is running and I ain't got no more coins. So I'm only going to park here for a minute. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, as he was walking along, this is Jesus. As Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. Verse number 19, follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Many of you have either sent me a text, stopped me in different places and said, I want to know my calling. And I suggest to you that if you want to know your calling, you have to go where God is. If you never have time to go before God, you won't find it. Uh, you can't chase your calling. If you're going to chase anything, let us chase him. Because um, you won't find your calling if you don't spend time in God's word. If you never have time to be around the people of God, you will never find your calling. And we spend so much time doing things that may be okay within ourselves, but it robs us of actually living out the call. And when you encounter God, he will lead you to your calling. And your calling finds you when you find God. And there's nothing more powerful in life than living out purpose that God has ordained just for you. So I'm going to need Jess, Sweet, and Gary, since y'all are closest to me. Y'all come to the front real quick. So when we ask, when you ask us, y'all just one, two, three, like sort of center yourselves. Yeah, one, and face them. Uh, slide to my right. Yeah. All right, so most people ask, hey, what's my calling? I want to know what my calling is. Now, here's the good news. Good news is your calling extends beyond this church. So if you don't feel like your calling is being exercised in the church, see, I need to go someplace that my gifts are being used. I need for you to think beyond the church and think kingdom, patent pending. It's beyond the church. So uh, you got to say, I need a mic if you don't mind. You got a mic, sweet, don't you? Yeah. So listen. God loves us so much that he gives us breadcrumbs as to what our calling is. 
and, and, and so, yes, um, we're going to have opportunities where we flash it out and we're going to bring in folks like Diane that's going to help walk us through that calling. And some of us, several week, years ago, we did that. So in the mic, sweet, I want you to, want you to uh, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. We can't make this too long because you worship so well today. The spirit, the spirit was here and I don't have much time. Okay, <laughs> so um, in the mic. What are you good at? Community, relationship. Relationships. Mm -hmm. What are you currently pursuing? Uh, mental health counselor. Now, who knows, sweet? Raise your hand. Is that in her wheelhouse? I just shout about that the camera can't hear you. Yes. Yes. So what are you naturally good at? Talking. <laughs> I am. I'm not, I'm, no, okay. I'm not judging you. <laughs> so if Sweet says, hey, I want to know my calling. She just said that I'm pursuing mental health counseling. Have you ever worked in that mental health field? Yes. I'm you find worker. joy from it? Yes. What part of it do you find joy with? Helping people. So your calling is characterized by what you are naturally inclined and good at. Yes. So what you're good at, what you love doing, and what the world needs under the lordship of Jesus. You see the difference? So if you ask me, what is my calling? I'm going to ask you, well, what are you good at? What are you currently doing? Now, let's speak about your roles. Are you a friend? Yes. Do you find yourself giving people advice? Sometimes. Do you find yourself giving family advice? All the time. <laughs> that was just extra. I mean, whether they wanted or not. Yes. <laughs> so if she wants to understand the Brum Crow, like what am I called to do? I know that he's Lord. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that, what is my calling? All she has to do, number one, is figure out what's in her hands. He's never calling you to do what you can't do. Give it to Jess. Jess, what are you good at? Storytelling, talking, writing. Yeah. Okay. So storytelling, talking, and writing. What do you just What do you just graduate from? My bachelor's in digital cinematography. Cinematography to do what? To uh, be a filmmaker. Why? Because I love it, and I feel like I was supposed to do that. So under the lordship of Jesus Christ, what she's naturally good at, she's drawn to. Does the world need uh, inspiring stories? I want her to answer. Ab Thank you, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is what you're going to do with what he's called you to, where he's called you to, will it bring glory to God? Yeah, for sure. So when we keep chasing calling, we idolize it. What we're supposed to be walking with is him. So my goal is not to bring glory to myself. My goal is to bring glory to him. If we are going to make disciples, it has to be about more than just us. 
It just can't be so we can fill this church. It just can't be because we want our kid. Listen, when my son play basketball, he's going to bring glory to his name by being a millionaire and making sure that he, every time he hits the game-winning basket, Okay, is your son bringing glory to God as a student in an obscure, on an obscure high school in the middle of nowhere? The, 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 the bringing glory to God has nothing to do with cameras. Bringing glory to God is a daily thing. Listen, I love the fact that when, like, well, me and Chris, Chris more so than me, watch football and stuff like that and, and bat sports and the guy hits the game winning, and he goes, man, glory to God, because without him, none of this would be possible. Show me the guy who lost and who's a believer. Can he give glory to God in that lost? Doesn't it seem amazing to me? It's only when you win the national championship. Oh, he's a follower of Jesus. Well, how about the other losers? I don't mean it like that. Because if the only time that we can glorify God is in success, what happens when we're in the valley? Listen, in church, two things happen. Let me just be careful with this, but it's the truth. Some of us are are celebrating uh, healing while others are celebrating the fact, or not celebrating the fact, but they're mourning the fact that their child was not healed. It exists in both places. Some of us are celebrating promotions on our job. I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life, and some of us, the ends won't meet. It's the same God, and so we got to be careful that we bring highlights, the highlight film. Most of our churches are dealing with highlight films. We're going to deal with the reality of your life. Life is hard, but God is faithful. And so I got to learn how to worship him. Man, I, man listen, I, I can't wait till we begin to share stories. But man, I celebrate that my son was healed. Amen. But I also mourn for the one son that wasn't healed. Can somebody be real with this journey that we're on? Every time we turn around, we, we're celebrating success as if that's a remedy or if that's the evidence of God's presence. But I've had more failures than I've had success, and I still trust him. Come on, like this is the faith, and faith is real. And we keep, we keep doing this. We keep, and, 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 and man, I, listen, I know folks that's literally, they started off, and Ramon can testify to this, they started off with a handful of folk. Now, man, they, they win in cities in two years. And I got to learn how to celebrate that. Then you see a pastor that's been pastoring the same church for 30 years for, with 12 people. We platformed the guy with 30,000. He's writing books. He's touring all across the world. I'm Keith Navy, Eva Baptist. Man, he shared with me his, 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 his faith walk, how he was, his wife was dealing with um, breast cancer, and he was dealing with leukemia, and he still pastored his people. There's a valley, and there's mountains, and we got to understand that he's the Lord of the valley and Lord of the mountain. Yes, he is. 
I mean, we got some of them, one of the most gifted musicians that you, he, he, he man, he does, he does a lot, and you may never know his name. But here's the challenge. Can you bring glory to God in obscurity? And so this is, this is the discipleship journey. So we have Pastor Gary. What are you good at, Pastor Gary? He's going to make this difficult. <laughs> And I'm going to rebuke him openly. <laughs> what do you get at, Pastor Gary? Uh, well, I, have, I love learning. Mm-hmm. So I've always been intrigued in taking classes and learning about the Bible. Mm-hmm. What's your degree in? Theology. And what level is it? Uh... Master or something like that. Okay. Doctor. Don't don't do this to him. Don't laugh. Don't even acknowledge it. He's making me work, and I don't. Ha- I thought I was working. So you like teaching? Yeah. What do you do with your hands? I use them. Uh. <laughs> Play something nice, Danny. <laughs> when the Lord said, Jess, sweet, and Gary, I said, you sure? Are you sure? Gary fixes things. Yeah. That's your gifting. So there's, and there are some things that you don't know how to fix, right? Right. And you teach yourself how to do it. Then you have this doctorate in theology. I mean, doctorate in what? Divinity. So there are times when I call you and I say what in terms of a reference to a scripture. What does this mean? This is what I'm thinking. You also are uncle. And so you're learning to pastor your family. You pastor the church. You got a heart to pastor. So it's in these moments that if you ever doubt your calling, only thing Gary has to do is look around. He was fixing somebody's house, some stuff in a person's house. And this is what they said to me. He is so easy to talk to. And one of the reasons why he's so easy to talk to is because he has a shepherd's heart. So you got, you, you got sort of, we're opposite in some regards most regards I can be loud emotional Gary is steady so when we're building when we're partnering with the things of God you need somebody who's going to say man we can do this but you also need someone who's just going to be quiet and pause because if we both are involved and not just him but it can bring clarity to whatever you're going through. The connection is that he works with his hands. She wants to be able to tell stories to bring up. Listen, there are so many different stories that's out there that have no value for anyone. And so we can, we can uh, yell at that. Oh, it's nothing good on the internet. It's just mess and blah, blah, blah. 
Or we could subvert that by her understanding who she is in God so she can tell stories that bring people to God. We need the gospel and not 99% of us and therapy. We need somebody walking with us. So if she says Jesus is Lord, if she says Jesus is Lord, if, if Gary says Jesus is Lord, then when he goes, this is what we talk about a lot, when he goes to repair someone's home, he's under the, the, the and he does this, and I, I'm going to say this, like he does great work and barely charges because some of the people he worked with don't have it. But because he recognized who God is in his life, oftentimes he'll get enough money for the supplies and then just do the work. You need all of them to understand who they are in Christ, not for the benefit of the church only, but for the world. So what they're doing is taking their gifting and making disciples in their own way outside the four walls of the church. Now, sweet, does the classes come easy to you? You got to rely on who? Jess, is it always just, I know who I am in Christ. I'm going to make sure I tell stories in the Christ-centered stories. Is it always like that? Is it always easy to work with people even if you already given them a deal? <laughs> I'm talking about myself now. Yes, I know you are. <laughs> and let's, no. <laughs> let's, let's celebrate them. You guys may return to your seat. Yeah. And so we're going to celebrate also with the fact that as we're on this journey, part of what this series is helping you to do prayerfully is for you to recognize where you are on this journey. That concludes this week's message. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel it to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.